Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, the CEO of On The Dot, and so excited to bring you every week these incredible role models. And this week is no exception. We have an amazing role model, Jessica Chang, and she is the CEO of We Care. And I know this is going to be a super interesting podcast, especially for you moms out there with young kids and dealing with that during this time of COVID-19 when we can't leave our homes and we don't know what to do with our kids. And Jessica's been doing some pretty innovative things. Welcome, Jessica. Happy to have you here and look forward to chatting with you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Happy to chat with you guys and see what information I can provide for you guys. Well, the first thing I love to do with everyone is just to really go way back. What was your big dream? What did you think you'd be doing when you grew up? Oh, that's kind of interesting because I think (laughs) at least what my parents instilled in me was that I had to get a very stable job. And that was pretty early on. They're like, look, you know, if you want to be anything, you've got to have money. So you've got to either become a doctor, become a lawyer or get into finance. And I actually went for the last. So I went and got into finance. I was really thinking that was going to kind of be a long-term job for me because I love math. I love analytics. I loved like number crunching. And that's what I did for the most part of my career. I started off in finance. I was an investment banker. I did private equity. I thought this was a long-term thing that I would one day be managing my own fund. That's really different than what I'm doing right now. (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, I must say that although what you're doing really now is cool and needed, man, do we need more female investment bankers and females running funds, but that's a whole other podcast, right? Getting into women being part of that sphere, but I'm glad you were a part of it, at least for, for a time. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing now and how you really launched into this entrepreneurial venture of providing in-home childcare. WeCare is actually a early childcare marketplace. We're actually the largest network of daycare providers in the U.S. We've, we're in 20 different states and have more than 2,100 home daycare providers in our network. And what we really do is we're supporting both sides of the equation. On one side of it, it's for like parents like ourselves, right? You know, once we decide that we're going to have a family, it's really hard. Like you are consistently balancing your work life and also your family life and it never gets stress-free. But it shouldn't be stressful is being able to find a dependable childcare solution for yourself and then being able to really be able to manage that afterwards. Like if you think about what most families currently do is, you know, they spend months searching for daycares and then After that, they spend months on wait lists. And then once they get on, they're still looking for those in-between solutions because most of their daycares will take eight weeks off. And then like, okay, well, I don't have eight weeks off. What am I going to do when my kid has eight weeks of vacation? And so there's a lot of balancing that. And on one side we do is we kind of make that a stress-free experience where parents can utilize our app to actually discover, find their daycares, be matched with the right daycares, enroll in that daycare, and then know that they also have a stress-free experience after they're enrolled in that daycare too. Are they smaller in-home? Is that predominantly what you focus on? Yeah. And you know, the reason why we focus on home daycare providers is it really is an interesting industry. You know, the, the average preschool teacher makes twenty to 30000 a year, and that's not enough for them to stay in this industry. And 
what you've seen in the last 20 years is that the supply side of this industry has literally been dwindling. And the reason why they're dwindling is because there's not enough support for them. Most of them are small mom and pops, and they can't manage the operations and also be the caregivers. And then you also have a lot of people just leaving the industry because they're not making enough money. So when we looked at it, we said, like, look, home daycares is the solution because all the money goes to them. It doesn't go to overhead. It doesn't go to the owner. They are their owners. And they have the ability to actually create a great learning environment right out of their home, which is extremely helpful for families that might live in an apartment building and need to find a daycare within their apartment building, or they need to find a daycare right where they live. That could be literally your neighbor that has a home daycare. So that's the second part of the equation is that we actually help home daycare providers operate their business. So they focus on care. We manage their whole back-end services so that they can actually have a small business and make enough money to really support what they love, which is taking care of your children. Because you do some kind of, you know, safety and accreditation and things like that as well. Because I, I remember when my son was born, I was looking for, it was really hard to find. I actually got lucky. I ended up finding a woman in my neighborhood who only took babies. And so, you know, he was with her for about eight months. I found her and she was right in my neighborhood. And it was great because I didn't want to take an infant to a big daycare. But I know that the biggest concern that, you know, I had was like, okay, really trying to check out and trying to do all the investigating on, you know, okay, was this one safe? Does she have any reports about her, et cetera? I mean, it helped because she was literally lived two blocks from me. You know, I didn't know her personally, but there's some comfort in that. But yeah, so tell me a little bit, you know, more about that security and safety that parents worry about? We only take in licensed home daycares. So they actually have to get licensed by the Department of Social Services or the Department of Education. And that requires that, for one, every single person in their family gets a criminal background check. So it's not just the provider. This is everyone in the family. Right. On top of that, like we check citations. We make sure that they're consistently licensed. Even on top of that now, especially for COVID, we actually integrated health checks into our daycares. And that is a symptom and a temperature checker for all of our daycare providers and the families that are going to our daycare. So everyone does their symptom check, does their temperature check in the morning before they even meet up for the day. And that's really like we're always thinking about how do we make sure that our daycares are licensed, are the safest out there and consistently are being monitored. Like we take in reviews from families once they've gotten a tour right? Not even before they enrolled where you're already getting reviews. So it's a consistent feedback that we're getting to make sure that we only have the best daycares in our network. So during this time of COVID, I know that some of the kind of more commercial, larger daycares, you know, have been struggling because I mean, parents aren't wanting to take their kids in to be with 50 other kids. So how have Mm -hmm. your group of in-home daycares, how have they fared? Have they continued to have people coming in and bringing their kids in or have they also been struggling? Actually, in the start of March, like what I was mentioning before, we actually launched a health checker for our daycares. You know, you got to think about it. For our home daycare providers, this isn't just a job. This is their livelihood, right? And it's based out of their home. So they want to keep their daycares open as much as they can. They want to keep it open safely, right? They're like, we're high risk. Like many of us are older. Like how do we keep ourselves safe? So we launched this health checker for our daycare providers and for our families. A lot of our families are essential workers. So during this period of time, through our health checker, we've been actually able to keep 90% of our daycares open. And they've stayed open throughout COVID. And we've had zero cases of COVID spread within our daycares because of it. Wow, that's amazing. And this health checker that you're referring to, this is an app, 
correct? It was integrated as a feature in our app. So essentially it goes a little bit beyond because it's not just about like, hey, look, I'm putting my temperature. I've got no temperature, right? It is actually a recording of you taking your temperature and really making sure that you don't have a temperature and that's verified by AI. So no one can really like lie about it. Like you have to actually be taking your temperature to make sure. But it takes it a step further because we're not just testing the children. As you know, a lot of children are asymptomatic, right? We're testing everyone in the family as well. And that's super important because then we can tell like, hey, if mom and dad got, has a fever 105, your kid definitely should not be going to daycare. Right. And it's really provided a lot of safety for families that actually don't have a choice. We ended up actually partnering with the city of Los Angeles on this, where we were servicing their essential workers because they don't have a choice. They literally are frontline workers. They have to go to work, but who's going to take care of their kids? Right. And that's where our home daycare providers stepped up and said like, yeah, we'll take care of your kids because we're here for our community. And so it's a great thing to be able to see that. And plus, you know, I think naturally home daycares are smaller environments too, because they have like eight to 10 kids. Right. So from that basis, like it's also a lot safer because you don't have that many families. Sure. And it's environment that actually can thrive because they meet all of the requirements that licensing and the Department of Health has put on to preschools. Like most preschools, they can fit like 20 to 30 kids per classroom. And that doesn't work because now it's like 10 kids per classroom. So right. 20 of those kids cannot go. But home daycares, you say 10 kids per home daycare, that's fine. That's, that's what they have. It's actually worked out a lot for home daycares being a great option for a lot of families that need it. Right. Very interesting. And so was this health checker in development prior to COVID? It wasn't at all. To be honest, like we saw what was happening in Asia and we noticed that a lot of the Asian countries adopted a temperature checker. And we're like, well, this is definitely going to come. And how do we actually do something and be proactive about it? You weren't in denial health. like the rest of the world? No, no. We're, we're like, this not is coming. Like, oh, it's not going to get here. <laughs> we were pretty much on the other front. Like, this is coming. We're not prepared for it. How do we actually do something? Because that's super you know? innovative, you know, yeah. and, and to be able to provide that level of technology for, you know, these in-home cares, which are probably, you know, generally you know, more low tech even than, than a bigger daycare center, right? Because it's in someone's home. You know, it's very, very different to be able to provide that technology and that security. Pretty amazing. Exactly. We were surprised because, you know, one of the things that we were worried about is are people going to adopt it or are they going to feel like their privacy is being taken away because they have to do temperature checks? And surprisingly, everyone was like, yes, I want to do that because I want to know. And I want to make sure that we are all safe because otherwise, like if our daycare gets it, we're closed for 14 days. That's a detriment to our providers, but it's also a detriment to the families who then have to scramble to figure out what they're going to do with their children. Okay. So you're an entrepreneur and you talk about scaling. And before we started the podcast, we were chatting about, you know, kids going back to school. You know, do you ever, maybe you're doing this, you know, scaling this, like this app. I mean, cause I'm thinking, you know, I have to fill out a form in the next week that says, whether or not I'm going to stay online or whether I'm going to send my kid back into the classroom. And then once I make that decision, I got to stick with it. Okay. So you, you have the option. Now I desperately want to send my child back into the classroom for lots of reasons. <laughs> some of them <laughs> personal, I won't go into, but just like, oh my gosh, it's hard. Right. But also for him, I mean, honestly, he's not thriving in the online environment, but no way am I going to put my kid at risk. 
And I just think that, you know, having that kind of data and information and having, you know, an AI component that can make sure that parents aren't just like, because look, you know, you're not supposed to send your kid back to school and they don't have no fever for a full 24 hours. Okay. How many of us have cheated on that? I mean, come on. <laughs> We've all cheated a little bit, maybe a few hours, you know, here and there. I think about those kinds of things. I just think it would be interesting. So have you thought about, you know, scaling or working with school districts? I don't think this is going to go away for a while. 100%. You know, we're in talks with a number of different organizations and districts as well on this. The part that we're trying to really do is to support as much as possible, right? Obviously, we have the components of our health checks are actually called fever-free. So we can actually utilize this with school districts and charter schools and private schools to help them reopen. And at the same time, we also have childcare, So we also help supplement as well. So from the school age perspective, what's wonderful is like, Many people don't realize, but home daycares have been that solution for school-age kids for a very long time, mm-hmm. and specifically in after-school programs, right? right? And so what we've done is really start expanding into that, where we ask our providers, like, hey, it looks like you have already have kids that are older that come around 3 p.m. and stay till 8 p.m. Would you like to do it earlier? Mm-hmm. And many of them are like, yeah, of course. You know, like we're so used to the kids being able to balance different age groups in our daycares that, of course, we'd be able to help them earlier, too. And, you know, what's surprising about that is many of them just came up with a schedule and their schedule was way better than what we've seen from parents, like telling us like, hey, this is what our school district is offering us. And it's concrete. And so parents feel a lot better because one, they're keeping all their siblings together. Two, they can do the online program, but they know someone else is taking care of their children in a smaller setting and supplementing those online programs with enrichment classes. And so it's really nice to be able to see that our home daycare providers are again stepping up and saying like, look, you're throwing something else at us. No problem. We'll take care of it. And we're happy to help. Right. Interesting. I think that's super fascinating because I, you know, obviously you're a mom of, you know, two small kids and it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. This spring was just a nightmare because I would get on calls and then two hours would go by as it does in a work day, two, three hours. And you're just like, you look up and you're like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Did my kid even log in? <laughs> <Did he> do- <laughs> Managing that is really, really difficult. So, you know, I just love if you would give, you know, not only some advice, like, you know, for, you know, how do you manage it, but also, you know, you know, even parents, you know, trying to find some of those outside solutions, like where they have them go into an outside daycare, if you will, but that's helping them manage that online school. I would definitely say like online school takes a lot of work. I I think it works for certain families but it's not going to work for most. I think, you know, even I was struggling with helping my own children with their online school. And for each parent, it's definitely a different thing. You have to ask yourself, like, are you willing to take the time and really help them with their online school? If you are, then there's definitely ways to go about it because you can add enrichment classes in between to help schedule it. But if you can't, and you got to admit this yourself, if you can't, then you got to look into potential other ways where you can get the help someone that actually is really good at it. And I've seen a lot of families like look into the home daycare space. I've also seen a lot of home pods being created too, where families will get tutors together and then they'll have three or four kids. But in this case, you've got to be like willing to offer your space up for the kids one of those days. So that's also something families are struggling with. And then really the last part to ask is like, maybe your employer can also help too. 
And I think a lot of employers are looking and saying like, hey, what childcare benefits can we provide for our families where they're like, hey, maybe you do decide to do a tutor or do a home daycare. That's potential extra costs that you didn't account for before because you're sending your kid to a public school. If that's the case, can my employer step up and help me with those costs so I feel like I can bridge that gap and get the help that I need so I can be productive at work? That's also something else that we've been doing a lot of is like childcare benefits because we're essentially creating a lot of these benefits for employers who haven't had to make that choice, but now are being put in the position where they have to because they want their workers to come back or they want them to be a lot more productive. And this is something that we can help bridge the gap because there's a lot of tax credits actually available when you do this. And many people don't even realize that's definitely something that, you know, there's different solutions that you could look at and never be afraid to ask a lot more questions because that's all we're doing is trying to figure out that the solution that works best for our family, given the situation that we've been handed. And just know that there are a lot of solutions out there and there are a lot of tech companies that are working on solutions to help families through this period of time. Fascinating. As we kind of close up here, is there sort of a go-to piece of advice that you, you know, have gotten over the years or that you always give out, you know, just about sort of being an entrepreneur, being a female entrepreneur? Is there sort of that key piece of advice that you love to give? One of the things that I think stops a female from being entrepreneurs actually is we always feel like we don't have the time or we might fail and we don't want to risk it. And to be honest, the best advice I can give is just go do it. You know, I founded We Care while being pregnant with my first child. And then I went and raised money while being pregnant with my second child. So I think there's a need that's like, no, there's never a right time. Right. So the longer you wait, the opportunity closes. You should just go do it and know that, you know, others will support you and other female entrepreneurs will be there to help give you advice and help boost you up and make introductions, for example. But the best advice is just to go do it. Awesome. So tell everyone how they can find out about We Care and, you know, if it's available in their city, if you have locations and things in their city. Yeah, we're definitely located in a lot of different places. So go online, go to wecare.co. So it's W-E-E-C-A-R-E dot C-O. And you'll find a lot of different daycares. And if you don't find it, still give us a call because we probably have daycares that are coming online that are in your neighborhood. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing with us. And obviously, this is such a timely topic considering what everyone is going through and trying to figure out, you know, whether or not anyone's going to be heading back to school in a couple of weeks. We'll see. But I wish you all the best and really fascinated with everything you're doing. And I truly hope to see your fever-free app available in schools everywhere because I would love that. 100%. And if you guys have companies that might need it, it is feverfree.ai. Feverfree.ai. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. I really appreciate it. And we definitely will be watching what you do next. Thank you again for inviting us today. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. And check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.